Blog Talk Radio. Walking on a highway, teaching on a highway. Walking on a highway with my baby. Walking on a highway, driving down a highway. With my baby I know that you are so sweet You make my life complete If you took my hand in yours Walk around and play Walking on the highway Highway, highway Freeway, freeway, on the highway, with my baby. Walking on a highway, October sky, driving down the highway, warm July, baby. baby. I would never say goodbye. Never, baby. That would only make you Don't cry. Don't leave me, girl. That's why I know it's. Just right. So good. I just want to play your mind. Hi, welcome to Blog Talk Radio, Safe Recovery, previously known as Stop 13 Step in A. This is Massive Attack here. Tonight we have a one hour show, and I want to start out by giving you the number to call in is 818 475. 9211. That's 818-475-9211. Hi, how you doing? So tonight, I think we have a really interesting show. Uh, first, I want to say that I will continue to fight for the 13-step cause and for the victims uh, that are in the rooms dealing with the predator. I decided to change the name to safe recovery so that we could talk about more than just the 13-stepping that's going on in Alcoholics Anonymous or whatever 12-step you know, group or culture we're talking about. But I did really want to expand a little bit. So just know that um, an initiative was started here in Southern California by myself and a group of other members that were really upset about it. So you can always reach me at stop 13 step naa.wordpress.com or just Google Stop 13 Step in AA and you will find me um, makeaasafer at gmail.com that's makeaasafer at gmail.com and uh, just to give you an update because there is an update I'm having a show it seems like every Tuesday right now at 6 o'clock I might have one specifically about the resources and the outreach that's happening with this project because it is growing and uh, we have literature, we have pamphlets. I think the literature is pretty good. The pamphlet is like five by seven and addresses, you can see it on my blog. We have some posters. But the thing is, is that I'm getting emails every week where people are asking for what can they do, what did we do, we held workshops. Uh, and so I want to say hi if there's anybody out there listening from Stinkin' Thinkin', which I so appreciate that website, stinkin-thinkin.com, that has given me a place, a community to go to where I can feel sane, where I can have actually an intelligent discussion and debate with other people about the things that are not working uh, in Alcoholics Anonymous because there's really no place to do it. There is no place where people will really you know, debate um like intellectually and adult-like without screaming and yelling at each other, right? So uh, I just wanted to put that out there that I really appreciate that blog. Orange Papers is another website that sort of told me the truth about things I didn't know about the history of AA, Bill W., and that sort of thing. So if you want to get any information, you're still going to meetings and you're finding that uh, there's, sponsorship abuse, and any kind of predatory behavior. Remember, first of all, if there's a crime committed, call the police and look 
to me or to the people at Stinkin' Thinkin' for support, uh, the police really do, do need to be called. The Kind of this covering up in there needs to stop, and that's part of the problem. And parents uh, of minors should need to know that AA is not safe. And personally, I think that a minor should not go into a meeting of Alcoholics Anonymous. I think it's really, really damaging um, as somebody who got sober at 18. So tonight, uh, what I want to talk about is rage, rage, anger, and emotional feelings. Oh, we have some guests. Hi there. Um, So we have a chat room. If you are at a computer, you can go to blogtalkradio.com forward slash safe recovery, and you will find us there. And we are live, yes, politics man. Um, So we have people in the chat room, and I want to say welcome. Thank you for coming. So I've invited a friend of mine. Uh, Somebody is in the in-caller. Somebody's called in. Let's see. Let's see. I'm going to take this call. Hello, you're on air. Yes, hi. What's your name, please? Hi, hello. Hi. You are on Blog Talk Radio. Welcome. Who's calling? How are you doing? I'm calling for Massive Attack. Hi there. Hey, Massive Attack. This is Kevin. Hey, Kevin. How are you doing? Not bad. I just wanted to say I'm aware of your efforts. I just wanted to say I'm a supporter of your efforts. And uh, you got some great um, lead in music there. Oh, you like that music, huh? Yeah, pretty good, pretty good. Yeah, yeah. Is that you singing there? Uh, it might be. <laughs> it might be you singing there, huh? That's uh, Kevin yeah. Richardson with Monica Burnett is the name on that CD, right? Monica Burnett. I think so. Yeah. <laughs> the, the highway got a track. Serious Barry White voice there going on. Yeah, that's great. But, uh, well, thank, thank you for you. calling yeah, in. You want to? You want to say anything about our topic, or uh, what's the refresher of your topic again today? Well, tonight we're going to talk about emotional sobriety, feelings, rage, mm-hmm. feeling your feelings, sober. Yeah. You ready for that one? Yeah, believe it or not, I'm on my way uh, to go to a, a meeting actually at the moment at Menstag, and uh, and as far as. Uh, <laughs> I, you know, it's funny that you said that because I've actually discussed that in a uh, meeting once uh, in AA about uh, feeling your feelings. I remember a few guys kind of like uh, got defensive about it, you know, that, you know, you have to be really careful of your feelings and your, your age, and I, and I completely disagreed. I think maybe one person spoke in my defense at the time, but I just remember saying, uh, we talked about anger, and I said, you know, guys, you know, you're supposed to feel your feelings. No one said you can't feel your feelings. You know, you're allowed to have them. There's nowhere in the book of life that says you can't have them. You know, there's just con- constructive way, just constructive ways to act out on them. Whether you, you know, like you would have said, uh, you like take a bat to your bed, or you know, go to the gym, do the punching bag, scream, pull over in your car if you're in your car, mm-hmm. and you know, scream if you have to. But you know, let it out. There are constructive ways to let it out. You know, so. Uh, this, uh, that old, that saying that it's, what, the anger or rage is not for us folk or something like that? I'm not sure. Yeah, the anger and the brainstorm, that's for the normal men. That's what it says yes. in the book, yeah. I don't even I don't even know what normal is. So, right. you know, I mean, it's just, uh, wow, you know, I, I just think that's a little bit too uh, too far-fetched and a little crazy, actually. So, uh, so you're going to go to your meeting yeah. and carry the message of a massive attack in there? <laughs> Yes, I will. <laughs> yes, I will. All right. But well, just, uh, I'm so I'm, glad you called in, and uh, thanks for calling in. I hope you call in again. I will. Well, I love your efforts, and uh, I think you're fantastic. And, uh, uh, you know, all positive thoughts and prayers for you and your endeavors. Thanks so much, Kevin. Good night. Thanks. Take care. Bye-bye. All right. Bye-bye. So that was Kevin. Um, I wanted. So we're talking about rage and I was saying that uh, I want to tell a little bit of my story that the book that I put up on the website tonight is The Courage to Heal by Ellen Bass and Laura Davis and this book is a good two and a half inches thick 
and these women uh they were i guess a forerunner in on you know childhood abuse of any kind um this one dealt mostly with uh women survivors of childhood sexual abuse but um it just has a lot of really good tools about you know taking care of yourself and feelings and it really relates to any kind of uh you know bad parenting that might have happened to any of us um whether it be you know verbally emotionally physically or sexually because actually i read a book by a lawyer um called when children kill by paul monas um unfortunately these children never felt like they had the voice to speak up to the parents that were abusing them and the book is not just full of sexual abuse the book tells stories of uh emotional verbal and physical and they all led to teenage uh young teens murdering their parents that were abusing them and it's a really powerful book and when I read the book, I mean, and I read it fast, so that's uh, When Children Kill by Paul Monaz. And um, anyway, so one of the things that I I really felt early on in sobriety was that the big book really didn't address feelings or emotional, you know, recovery in any way. Like the lines in the book that say, you know, the anger and the brainstorm are for normal, you know, for normal men and People really, that was one of the most overused statements that uh, I have ever heard. And I thought it was pretty stupid. <clears throat> Excuse me, even when I was, you know, like most of you know that I got sober when I was 18 and I was on welfare maybe when I was 18 months sober and went to meetings. I was pretty depressed, probably clinically depressed uh, if there were antidepressants back then, which there were not, um, you know, probably would have been suggested to be put on one, even though I don't have any kind of mental illness. And uh, so anyway, I remember getting really mad and, like, people were talking about, like, we would go up into the mountains in Hawaii and scream and go into the ocean and dive under the water and yell. And my sponsor's husband talked about going to a uh, place where they have all, you know, cars are just totally demolished and wrecked and if he could get a bat and could he smash these already smashed cars and I remember Harry talking about this and saying you know it's pretty hard to sit and meditate when you're full of rage or it's pretty hard to sit and meditate and be spiritual when you have no money to pay for rent or when you're on welfare and life is really hard so but you know still I kind of plowed forward uh, there was a lot to what he said uh, about that the physical aspects that if you were hit, writing about it is not gonna not gonna do any good. So most important thing, what I learned when I was fifteen years sober and I had a child was to I had a therapist and her name is Wendy McCord. Uh Wendy is PhD and she worked um pretty much exclusively with people who had been abused physically or emotionally or sexually when they were children. And so I worked with Wendy uh, for a number of years, and I'm still in contact with her. She moved out of the Los Angeles area, but she did really special work where we went into sort of a padded room. <laughs> I didn't like the regular room with the couch. Um, I liked her special dark padded room where there was like a t-ball bat where I learned how to hit the bat and and really, really get out my rage. And what I discovered that under the, under that rage was a tremendous amount of sadness that I never felt safe enough. I never felt like I was encouraged in the program to actually be sad. And that's a real missing component for me in Alcoholics Anonymous. When I go to meetings, I'm still going to some. I see a lot of really angry people. Even people with a lot of time. I don't see a lot of serene people. Um, I see a lot of pretending and posturing. There are some happy people. Um, but for the most part, the energy has become really stuck and really rigid. And um, So 
there's nothing in any of the you can't just say pray about it, pray for them. Even that, like it's really you don't just pray for if you're gonna pray for people, you don't pray for just that person. I'm finding that that doesn't work by studying a form of Buddhism that that's just not enough to do that. That, you know, it's a very, very shallow if people treat AA like a religion, it's pretty shallow. If we were to talk all about how deep other religions are, whether it would be, you know, Judaism or, you know, Muslim or Christianity or Buddhism or Hinduism, um, those religions are thousands of years old or Native American study of how they deal with uh, stuff. So, you know, AA, once again, back to um, this feeling of being uh, really, really angry and driving down the freeway to Los Angeles, uh, the 405, and just being so angry that I was driving from lane to lane and, um, you know, really could have had an accident, but I didn't. And I realized that I needed therapy really, really bad, and I was 15 years sober. And when I got there, she said, you know, you need to cry. But I want to just put another, I want to say that our number, I want to encourage people to call in, uh, 818-475-9211. 818-475-9211 is a call-in number. I had asked a friend of mine, Tom, he was going to call in, I don't see him calling in, uh, to discuss, and I called another friend, Larry, uh, about because I know both of them had done tremendous work in their early 20s uh, years of sobriety uh, to deal with feelings. So back to me at 15 years sober, and um, I like I said, I was in my early 30s, and my therapist said, you know, you just need to lay on your bed and you need to cry and you need to mourn the loss of, you know, your childhood, the parts that weren't there for you, and my early sobriety where I just always had to be tough and I always had to be strong, and it wasn't working anymore. And all the tools that I was given or not given by my parents. Um, oh, we have a caller in the queue here, so I'm going to pick up this call in just a minute. Um, it's 8.08, so that looks like that's Hawaii. Uh and she said, you know, you need to mourn even the loss of those early years of sobriety that you were just, uh, had to be strong and you were never really able to be sad or be vulnerable. And all of my tools of growing up in a house where my parents fought so much and the police came more than I, I cared to, you know, know about, um, that that rage and anger was a survival tool that I had to learn how to let go. And I had to learn how to communicate in a different way. So with that, um, there's a lot more I can say about it, but I'm going to bring on this caller. So let's see. Hi there. Welcome to Block Talk Radio. You're on the hey, line. Monica. This is Tom. Hey, Tom. How you doing? Good. I had a hard time finding your... your uh your little blog on my computer, but I did find it. So I've been I've been listening in. Um, I'm so glad you did. So um, we're talking about emotions and rage. I, I, I didn't say hate, you know, I just had to put rage because that's what it was for me. And um, I know your story, but our listeners don't. So, you know, would you like to... Tell us some of your experience of what happened to you when you started to really, really deal with your feelings and what kind of work you did to deal with them. Maybe what happened. Sure, sure. I, you know, I don't know how typical my story is, but um, you know, I, I know when I came into you know the twelve step programs, and you know, and, you know, I I, um, I would read the, the literature and. And, and I just, I just was reading it, either reading it wrong or reading what it was said, and but taking it wrong. Um, mm-hmm. You know, it, it would say, you know, that um, number one is, you know, that um, it sounded like anger was a character defect, and um, yeah. and, and 
and you, you shouldn't have any of those. That kind of, you shouldn't have that character defect. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, um, you know. So I would go on in my in my recovery. You know, every time anger would come up, I think there's something wrong with me. Yeah, you know, I'm not supposed I'm not supposed to be feeling this way. I, this isn't spiritual. I'm not, you know, living right. spiritually. If I'm if I'm mad, if I'm angry, mm-hmm. you know, I you know. And they'll tell you, you know, that, you know, resentment is the number one offender. You know, um, mm. uh, you know that there's no such thing as justifiable anger. You know, and right. You know, so so whatever the stuff would come up, you know, of course it would just, you know, I, I would think that I'm just not, I'm not right. You know, there's something broke about me, and and you know, mm. and so I, you know, beat myself up some more. You know, and um, <laughs> you know, <laughs> suppress the anger some more. And, um, right. Right. And, you know, and I had a pattern throughout my my life, even as a young kid, where I wasn't outwardly a very angry person. That you would look at me and think I was angry, and yet mm-hmm. I would have these 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 times when I would explode. And um, and and by, but I mean explode. I mean I would get self-destructive. I would break things, and um, and then it would be over. Mm-hmm. And, and to me, it was just you know I. I didn't, you know, I couldn't analyze what I was doing, why I was doing it. It, it was just, I'd just go off. And, um, you know, I, I had no idea that things were building up and that the littlest thing could just trigger it. Now, the thing is, it wouldn't happen very often. I mean, I mean, years could go by, you know, and then, boom, there it goes. Uh, you know, so, you know, it, you know, and there was, you know, the, the, I, I had remember early on reading the AA big book, and it had said some things that really intrigued me. Uh, one, it said that you know that, that alcoholism, drug addiction, was just a symptom of a deep underlying problem. But then it didn't go on to explain what the deep underlying problem was. It just, it just said, it just said, it just said it's not, it's not the substances you're using. You know, well, right, right, you know, right. We all knew that, right? We all said that was true about us, but. Right. Yeah. So we knew that. So it's not. It's not really. You know, the, the alcohol or the drugs. It's. It's a deeper underlying problem. Okay. And then another part of the the book is talked about. Eventually, we had to get down to roots and causes. And you know, when I heard that roots and causes, I thought, Oh my God! I mean, you, you're talking about going to psychoanalysis, you know, and, and right. you know, there's certainly nothing nothing you can be able to do on your own. And yet, right. the program didn't point you towards professional help. You know. And, it seems to say everything was contained within the program, you know, within the twelve steps and the meetings and your sponsor. Right. Well, you know, I mean, you know, most sponsors, you know, I mean, even though they might have experience, made the hope in a lot of areas, it was still, you know, the blind leading the blind. Right. Or they, right. Or the they, sick you know, leading the sick. <laughs> yeah. Right. Or the sick leading the sick. You know, it's like you know. Right. But um, but I um, you know, but as time went on, I mean. You know, it's like you know these things would happen from time to time, and um, you know, a lot of a lot of you know just self hate. I mean, really, I mean, deep self hate. That um, and it, it would pop up just just hating myself and want to, you know, look in the mirror. Tom, can I ask you this? Because I I don't I want to be clear. Like, are you talking about now before you were clean too that you had this happening to you, or are you talking about from like when you got clean on? No, no, this after I got clean. Yeah, yeah, okay. It was it was there before, but only but only you know there was no there's no way of really looking at myself from the outside. I was so into the drugs and so into you know staying loaded that I didn't ever have to didn't ever look at myself. Right, right. It was it was sort of I was like I was a uh, you know I was a human being, but I didn't relate to being a human being. I didn't have any you know any any real concept of the self. I mean, I mean, this might sound funny, but when I first heard, in, you know, I got clean when I was 21 years old. Uh, mm-hmm. and this was in 1968. You know, uh, wow. when yeah. I first heard, when I first heard them talking about, and you know, reading the book about this thing called self-esteem and resentments. First, of all, I had never heard the term self-esteem before in my life. I didn't know. Mm-hmm. Even, I didn't know yeah, me neither. Me neither. Uh huh. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't even know what it meant. You know, I mean, I mean that just shows you I, I had so little self-esteem. <laughs> Not even what self-esteem was. <laughs> I didn't know what it was. Right? That's so sad. Yeah. <laughs> and, 
the uh, well, the uh, then I, uh, you know, in the resentment, I, I, I didn't think I was an angry person. Mm-hmm. I, I just thought, you know, I was. I, I come from the '60s. I was, you know, a hippie with love, peace, you know, and right. and all that, and you right. know, love, peace, and joy, and kill the pigs, <laughs> you know, and. Uh, but, well, I didn't think you were angry either when I met you. But go ahead. <laughs> no, no. Most people, most people who know me, that's the last thing in their mind that I'm right. angry. No, yeah. no. Now the fact that as a little kid I grew up breaking things all the time, destroying things. Uh, the fact that I stabbed my stepfather in the back. Uh, God. I I thought I thought I was protecting my other brother from him. But, yeah. You know. Were you? But you could, but you picture well, yeah, I was, I was, but yeah, well, but, good for you, yeah. But, it, but I, but I've learned, I've learned over the years, you know, looking at this kind of stuff, uh, I wasn't really protecting my brother so much as I was protecting myself. See, mm-hmm. I, I mm-hmm. couldn't, I could, I could, I couldn't, I couldn't protect myself, but I could, I could do that by trying to protect somebody else. How old were you when that happened? No, I was about fourteen, thirteen or fourteen. Yeah. Wow, wow. But good for you. Well, you know, I mean, you heard me talk about that Paul Monez book, When Children Kill. Yeah. Did you hear yeah. me were able to get in there? And no, when I, I read this, I think my father was beating me up. Um, I was 13, and he was drunk, and he caught me. Uh, we were down the Jersey Shore, and I was with my boyfriend. You know, I was 13, and we were kissing. And trust me, I didn't really want to do anything more than that. I was fully clothed. He was fully clothed. We were just, like, making out. My father came up and he caught us, but my father was drunk, and he was like six foot. But I was like five foot seven, and I was an athlete. And my father was started to beat me up, and I stood up, and I was almost as big as him, you know. And I thought, what the? And I started punching him back as hard as I could, and swearing at him, and told him I was going to kill him if he ever touched me again. And when I read that book, I thought I was really sad for those kids because I actually had a voice, like something in me said, "You are not." going to touch me again. You are never going to hit me or I will kill you. That kind of like came from my gut, you know? And in that book, none of those kids who wind up killing their parents did that before they finally killed them, you know? So what led up to, you want to talk about that more or you want to just keep going with how you're you're telling the story? I want to get into a couple of things that, because it was just more more about the recovery and and right. dealing with the anger and stuff right. versus you know the things you know that that have popped up during right. my life you, you know it's because you know I you know at, at 21 years clean I, I was you know married three children had a business lived in this beautiful place in Hawaii um, I was feeling terrific I was I was you know was in service with Narcotics Anonymous, you know, right. traveling around the world, sharing the message, um, you know, and, you know, sponsoring guys. I mean, I just couldn't have been any more busier and, and more active. And, right. And, um, you know, and I remember at one point saying to myself, man, I feel good. I feel terrific. <laughs> and I thought, yeah. you know what, I, I think I've got this self-esteem thing finally. Mm-hmm. You know, you know, I just kind of, you just kind of get it after a while by by doing all these kind of things and 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 building this kind of life. You you end up, you know, with self esteem. Yeah. And then and then I had this little sneaky little feeling in my gut saying, No, 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 you you don't have self esteem. Mm-hmm. You you have other esteem. Because <laughs> if all because if all this stuff was gone, if if your wife was gone, the family, the, the business. Right. Service commitments, you know, all these things. Then who Tom Tom B. Right. And you know and, and you know and I I swear it, it wasn't but a few months after that happened that my marriage became unraveled and mm-hmm. it, um it it triggered off a series of things inside of my guts. I mean, you know, where I found myself in so much pain that I was in a room by myself, punching myself in the face with my fist so hard that my lips all broke open and my eyes are black and blue. Oh my and, God! And this, and this rage would just come up, and, and it happened several times. It wasn't just one incident, and it, it was scaring the hell out of me. I thought, Oh my God! Yeah, Here I am, yeah, yeah. Twenty, wow. twenty-one years, twenty-one years clean. I don't think I'm gonna, I'm gonna use, but I, 
I could I could hurt myself. That right, right. So I mean, I know a lot of the story. I didn't know part of that. Um, So what happened next? So, well, well, what that happened is, you know, I I I went about a year a year dealing with this stuff, and you know, I mean, just uh, just a tremendous pain. I losing weight, couldn't sleep at night. Uh, Oh my god! Did you have anyone you were talking to that you were kind of confiding in, or were you keeping it all to yourself? well, I had you know I you know I had a sponsor of course the sponsor was trying to work twelve steps with me on abandonment you know and stuff like this but you know he he just wasn't getting it you know and, and yeah then I then I ran into a friend who 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 was visiting Hawaii and he looked at me and says man you don't look good and I said well I'm not doing good and I explained to him and he said you know I know the thing that might really help you and he, you know it's it's called court kill and it's there's there's there's, there's there's this woman in this and her husband out of Desert Hot Springs, California, that, that do this this, this 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 workshop. It's a it's, it's a five day workshop. You go and you sleep there and you stay there and and it's intensive. And um, so it's, what was it called again? It was called Core Kill, like C O R E K I L L. Oh, a Core Kill, but it doesn't exist anymore, right, Tom? Just no, it doesn't exist anymore. Both both those people are now deceased. But wow, but I, I yeah okay. So tell me more about it. Yeah, it's really interesting. Yes, so you know, so I called you know, and and, and they they fitted me in for, for the next for the next session they were going to have, and I got out there, and, you know, I, you know, and I was scared, you know, and um, and I remember coming up to the lady because I knew that both of them were in the AA program, and you know, so I went to give her a hug when I met her, and she put her hands on. She says, "No, don't touch me." And she said to everybody, there's about 14 other people that were going to do this along with me. And they said, now everybody here, don't don't anybody touch each other. When you see someone hurting and crying and in pain, leave them alone. Let them feel their feelings. Mm-hmm. Because, mm-hmm. because, because you, you're, all going, you're all going to get to feel your feelings here. It's, wow. you know, and we'll, we'll make sure you're not going to hurt yourself or anybody else. So, but But please... Let everybody feel their feelings. They'll, they'll, they'll come a time for hugging and loving later on. It's just, right. you know, but let's do the work. Let's do the work first. Well, they they brought me through this process. I I just could not believe the process they brought me into, and uh, with my childhood going back, and you know, just basically reliving everything. You know, and you know, and I had done inventories inventories before, and in these inventories, you know, there was. You know, it always happened to the third. You know, it's like in the third person. It happened to this guy Tom. These terrible things. You know, this, and 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 suddenly, like this didn't happen to this guy Tom. This happened to me. Mm-hmm. And, and I and I started feeling it all. And and as he brought me through this process, it opened up the doors. And um, and when it came for the day when I was actually going to do the, what they call it, the work, where you need where they set up a family shelter. Um, I mean, as they set it up, I, I I stood there in front of this big bag with, you know, with the conquerors and, you know, and there was all these people. And they set up a whole family sculpture of, of all my family, you know, and they had two other people in my family. And they also had someone to represent me as a child in, mm-hmm. in this family sculpture. But the other two people in the sculpture, they, they had masks on. And one was called Shane, and the other was called addiction, and they said these are members of your family, and the, and and then then they started giving me this dialogue of all the way my family used to talk to me and the way, and I stood in front of this bag and they just you know, and you're supposed to start unleashing some of you know the, the anger and you know the feelings right. into the bag into the bag. Well, I just stood there and and I just went cold. I went cold. I went I went cold. I went. Numb, mm. and, and they said, "How do you feel?" I said, "I don't feel anything," and I'm oh, watching wow. this all happen. And they said, "You know," and, and then this woman kept saying to me, "Tom, what are you feeling right now?" I said, "I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm dizzy right now. I think, I, I think I need to sit, sit down." She says, "No, you're not going to sit down." She says, "Start stamping your feet on the ground." She mm. says, "You're not going anywhere." She says, "You're, you're going to do this," you know. And then, and then she, then she just looked at me and she put her hand on my stomach. And put the other hand on the back of my neck and had me bend over a little bit, and she says, "Open your mouth and let out a sound." Mm. And, oh my God, I I I could not 
believe what came out of me. I mm. mean, what came out of you? Poured absolute, absolute rage and screaming and rage. Uh-huh. And, 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 and I remember as it's going on, and I'm saying to myself, oh, my God, how could I have possibly been living with this all my life? Mm-hmm. How, how could I have possibly been living with all this inside of me all my life? And here it is. I mean, it's just, you know, I didn't even have a sore throat. It just came straight through. I vomited, puked as I was doing it. Um, wow. The smells that came out of my, the pores of my skin. I mean, I, I thought no wonder people die of cancers and all this shit. I mean, this is yeah, it's all repressed repress anger and rage. And, you know, and it's like, and that so that was that was like the beginning, you know, of um, of really starting to deal with, with with the stuff that's was repressed inside of me, and you know, and it's like you know you you, you know we're all survivors out there you know, as little children. That's all we do is we survive, mm-hmm. you know, and, and we do a damn we do a really good job at surviving. I mean, mm-hmm. but but the, but the stuff doesn't go away. That's right. And my therapist, she said, you know, everybody would stroke each other on their back in AA, you know, uh, that, you know, uh, oh, you're, you know, we're survivors. And she said, we're supposed to thrive. And I was looked at her like, I was 15 years sober and 33 years old. And I was like, what? What? Thrive? What are you talking about? What does that mean? And me too. Like my experience was different because I was alone with the therapist, but she had me get on the floor. And the sounds that came out of me were like of a child. Like, and yeah. she talked about how the different sounds represent different ages when things happen, you know. Um, and just touching people on, like, the forehead, really interesting what she did with you on the back, on the tops of the feet, you know. I mean, she's a Ph.D., Wendy. I, I don't, you know, that's not my specialty. But so did you do this once or did you do this workshop more than yeah. once? Oh, yeah, I did. I, I did that main one once. I did, I did another workshop uh, a year later, but but most I did a lot of aftercure. But one of the things that she, you know, that they said after this, I did this, you know, at the end of this workshop, they kind of go over each person. They talked about what they need to do for following up for right. aftercure. And, and, you know, and she just plain said to me, look, when you go back to Hawaii, you need to find a therapist, someone who specializes in in in, um, in, in molestation as children, she goes. Um, but you need to you need to deal you need to deal with the molestation since you you you've been abused by several several adults as a child, and uh, and and she said I believe that's that is like core, that is core to your recovery is dealing with this stuff. And, right. You know, and you know, and, and thank God I got back to Hawaii, and and I, I didn't know what therapist I could possibly find, and and I ran into this 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 friend of mine. Who somehow I got into talking about this core experience. He said, "Oh, you you never talked to my wife, have you?" I said, "What about her?" She goes, "He goes, just talk to her." And right. I talked to her, and and she shared with me. I mean, she had been molested, you know, by her father since she was like six years old until she was nineteen or twenty years old. Been having full on sexual sex with him for all those oh my years. God. I mean, wow. it, it was for but the experience when she finally realized, you know, what what this was all about. I mean, it's it's amazing. It was the first time in my life I'd seen somebody who actually had recovery, you know, in this area. And I right. Just, just say, so she she turned me on to her therapist, and they and and her therapist happened to start be happy to start in a group, and it was going to be a co-ed group of um, it's called AMAC, Adults yeah. Molested Children. And, mm-hmm. and I and so I I stuck with the same ad group for um, for almost eight years. It was wow! What is it? Does that yeah. does that still exist? What's it called again? AMAC. AMAC. It, there's different people that do it. And different therapists. I mean, it's, it has to be done by a therapist, you know, because it's not like like SLAA and stuff where you know it's it's sort of you know a papori papori of you know. No, I don't. I don't think that's healthy. I think that's just like uh, it, that's really like messed up. So I think some people are su- successful with it, but but you know, for, for me that that wasn't going to work. You know, it's like it's like um, you know, my, my sexual stuff really had to do with the fact that that I had been pretty much abused as a, a child, and and, I, and I'm working out that abuse, you know, sort of thing. Right, right, you know? right, right. 
Yeah, and I think that right. the 12-step program has no place in that. You know, uh, I think it's ridiculous, really, honestly. I mean, I do know some people that it's helped. I don't want to get off on that tangent because I could go off on a rant about that one. <laughs> so I want to get so AMAC was something you did for eight years, and you know, I I'm so glad you called in because you're one of the few people that were so instrumental for me. After I had done the work, we had sort of lost touch. You know, I came here and I had done all this therapy. I didn't even know that part of your story, even though I had met you in 75 and didn't think you were an angry, you know, person. Um, And then when you told me your story, a lot of it, and then I told you mine, you know, it just was so incredible and empowering. And I'd like to touch on the fact because, you know, um, I, I know that NA is so much more proactive and different than AA, which I have my real contention with. Um, and uh, I want you to go on and finish what you're saying, but I do want to touch on that some of the stuff you were telling me that Narcotics Anonymous, I mean, of course, the literature was written, written in the 80s, right? The first book, and that uh, is it true that uh, NA is writing a second text? Well, it, yeah, NA is um, actually, they, they have a draft that's completed, it's going to go out to the fellowship for review and, and, uh, and approval. It's called um, Living Clean, The Journey Continues. And it's and it takes all the topics of life, you know, what, what we've learned in the past 25 years since since our first book was written, you know, and taking on all the you know, all the life experiences of, you know, living clean, you know, you, you know families, mm-hmm. you know, self-identity, health, death and dying, um, love and romance, sex, um, just just... It's, it's it's gonna be it's gonna be an amazing book. I'm, I'm just do you so deal with anger? Do you deal with some of the things that we found that with the twelve step don't work at all? And do some of you share some of this kind of stuff, Tom? I, I, I didn't understand you. Would you say? Well, does it deal with the fact that um, there's many aspects of uh, growing that have nothing to do with the twelve steps? You know, like this one when you were a child. And you were molested by adults or someone who was beaten up by adults. You know, do you address that and healthy ways to deal with anger? You know, you, you know, it, it, something it was something interesting that someone told me once. Because I, you know, I was such a, a diehard about about the program. The twelve steps had the answer for everything. It's all about trusting in God and surrendering, and you know, and and yeah. I'm just not doing it. You know, obviously, I'm not doing it right, and all that. And, and, and this is what helped me really get into therapy and stuff. They said, Tom, I believe as you believe that, that the program has all those elements, but there's something, and maybe it's from your past, from your childhood stuff, that is preventing you from utilizing these tools and these principles in your life that will free you because they're not freeing you. They're actually working in the opposite. They're beating you up. You know, the, the, the very principles that are supposed to free you are actually beating the hell out of you, and, um, at least because that's the way you're applying them. And it's, and, it's, and it's not that you can stop applying them that way because you've got some stuff that really need to be dealt with on, on a level that's more more nuclear, you know. I mean, you've got to pull yeah, right. thing up. Yeah, really deep. Uh-huh. You know, it's like, um, it's, uh, you know, because, you know, you know, today it's like, I you know, I don't, I'm not in therapy I'm, I I work the steps and the principles of my life. I I, I love my life. I, I love me. I think I'm a great guy now. Right. I, finally got this, I finally got this self-esteem thing where I know who I am. I'm you know I'm, I'm Tom. I'm a good man. There's nothing wrong with me. Sure, I've got baggage. You know, I mean some of the stuff I'll never get rid of. But you know, but I know how to take care of myself today. And, right. You know, and how many how years did that take from from when you went to that first workshop? Where you threw your, up your guts? How many years? Because it certainly takes well, many years too. How many years did it take you? It was about it was about three about three three or four years before I, I, I. It was it was just about three three years when all of a sudden I said to myself one day, I got it, I got it. Right. I, it, there's nothing wrong with me. I'm a good guy. Oh, I you love know. that. I love that. Yeah. You know, it's such a I'm. It's such a beautiful I mean, people, story. I mean, really, you know yeah, that. Uh, people have been telling me that all my life, and says, "Tom, if you can only see yourself as we see you," and I couldn't. I absolutely could not. 
But yeah, I, I just want to say one thing. You know, I know you're probably running out of time here, but I, I, did, I did this work. I I did this workshop once. Um, it was it was called Reggae. It was um, um, no Rydex. It was called Rydex, and and it was from this German psychologist that was part of Freud's you know little group at one time. Mm-hmm. And you know me and Tom C did it together, and um, and it was a group of us and. And the therapist, basically what he would do, he would have you stand up against a wall or stand in a position and where you, you you sort of bent your knees and you put your hands behind your back and you breathed real hard and blew out. And, and basically what you're doing, you're building up a, a charge in your body to where your legs start shaking and everything. And, and you built this charge up so intense that then he would get on you, literally get on you, put his, his arm across your chest Hold your mouth down and and that gets you to make sounds. Mm-hmm. You know, it was, I mean, it's, it's, I know it sounds really freaky, but you know, but um, you know, I, I was into trying anything at that time. Um, so one of these times, he did this with me, and he had me on the ground, and he opened my eyes. I started letting this sound, and I just like, and it went on and on and on. And this is after I did the core kill thing, so I was. I was really able to just let go, you know, by then. I knew I right. just just let everything in me go. And um and and after when 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 I stopped I looked up at him and, and there was about eight or nine people there was there and they're all sitting around and everybody has tears running down their eyes. And I'm I'm looking and I'm thinking, what, what's going on? Right. The therapist says, So that was just beautiful. I said, What was beautiful about it? He goes, That was pure anger. And I said Anger, that's not anger. That wasn't anger. Mm-hmm. And he looks at me and he goes, that wasn't anger? I mean, Tom, that was one of the purest forms of anger that I've, I've ever seen. And he asked the group, would you, would, you, would you guys? And they said, oh, yeah, man, that was unbelievable. And he says, well, why don't you, how come you can't see that? And I said, because I wasn't angry at anything. Mm. And, he goes, and he says, do you think you have to be angry at something? To be angry, the angry is a human emotion. Because uh, look at how healthy that little, is. Yeah, little babies are angry. They, they scream and rage. Right, I right. Mean, what, are they, what are they angry at? It's just pure emotion. You know, and, and it's just, you know, when I kind of walked out of that session, I thought to myself, my God, I really don't understand that much about myself as a human being. That, that these things are natural and okay, you know, and to express anger. You know, and there was a little thing in the AA Big Book that I, I used to kind of catch it, but didn't really understand it. It says, you know, it's when harboring such feelings, we cut ourselves off from the sunlight and spirit. And I thought to myself, hmm, so maybe that's what it meant. You know, it's when you stuff this stuff and you harbor it and you, and you, and you hide it, but that you cut yourself off from the sunlight and spirit. So in other words, not to harbor it means you let it out, you let it, you release it. You, you yeah, but it's still it's honesty. still it's still not clear enough. You know what I mean? It's still and it's still misinterpreted way too much. So I think that even though if that's what he meant, we all know he had serious problems. You know, I mean, I read his first biography in 1976 that New York wouldn't approve, and he was a basket case, uh, and he was depressed, and he should have been. You know, they didn't have medication, but uh, he was doing vitamin mega vitamin therapy, and then I. Then later, you know, because of you, I, I found my way to Orange Papers that he was like dropping LSD and, you know, to find. But that was 18 years sober when he was out of his mind. You know what I mean? I mean he already written the book. But see, what you're saying, I mean, that that anger is, I think, so stuffed. I mean, I don't go to you know NA meetings, but I do know that it is far more progressive and, um, and you know, um, wow. I, I wanted to just read. There's. A, Things that um, one of the things that my therapist had taught me to do was you get a picture of somebody and you cut it up. Like there was more than just the bat, um, so that there were tools, um, you know, of ways that healthy ways to release anger. And even when my boys started to get to that age where they get really pissed off, and at first I was like, no, take this great plastic t-ball bat and beat the hell out of your bed. Uh, yep. There were times where, you know, my – oh, I remember it was one time, too, my therapist said to me, I had this nightmare, and she said, um, I'd like to wrap your body with 
a sheet, because that's what would happen to me as I would have this horrible nightmare. And I said, no, I don't think I can handle that, but you could do my feet. Oh, my God. All she did was begin to wrap the sheets around my feet, and I, like, flipped out. You know, really, just it was the um, uh, beginning of, you know, some more sessions that I had to deal with. But um, Well, I, had, I went to see a psychic once. and Not that I really really believe so much in psychics, but I, everybody else I knew was seeing the psychic. And they, and she was so great. <laughs> Was and it so the seventies? Out, out of peer, out of peer pressure, I went. Right. And I sat down, and they were all coming back saying that you know they were disciples of Jesus, you know, and in the past lives and all this stuff. <laughs> you know, so you know, so you know, so, so I'm like, you know, I, I'm not really into this thing. And I sit down with right. this woman, and she looks, she looks across at me, and she goes, she goes, you're you're a very angry young man. And I said, I am. She goes, mm-hmm. yes, you're. Just, you have so much anger in you, and I went. You know, I'm saying to myself, "This thing is crazy. I'm not angry." And right. Like, the last thing I, the last thing I am is angry, and right. you know, it, it, I was only like 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 two years, two and a half years clean, and and then and then she she closed her eyes and and was quiet for a while, and then she looked at me and she goes, "You should get a picture of your mother, put it on your pillow, and take a knife and stab it." <laughs> and I went. I went, holy shit. <laughs> Man, this one was whacked. And you know what? When I did that, that session with Cortio, yeah. oh, my God, the rage that came out towards my mother, I mean, I could have just torn her to pieces. I mean, when I when I realized through that whole thing what really had happened to me in my life, I mean, and the shame this woman had instilled in me, Mm-hmm. You know, in the, in the manipulation and shame that she used. I mean, I was, I could have killed her. And and suddenly, you know, I remember, I remember thinking about it after and saying, you know, that's funny. And like, you know, eighteen years earlier, you know, this woman told me I should get a knife and kill her. Wow, she was seeing the truth, wasn't she? Really, you know, the other thing too, I, I was told. Well, yeah, go ahead. Mm-hmm. I'm well, sorry, hey, Monica. You know, I wish you lots of lots of activity on your this little this little blog thing you got going here. And, uh, yeah, thank you for calling in so much. I really uh, I had asked uh, Larry to do it, but I didn't get through to him. Um, I'm so glad you did. I'm going to have Tom uh, Catton is going to be on next week. We're going to talk about his book. So although it started out really being sort of anti, you know, AA, where like I was you know really having a hard time dealing with this stuff and stop 13 step and the predator thing. I realized that I have friends like you and Tom, and so that I thought more of it like left, right, and center, you know, like instead of being all the way to the left, let me like bring in people from, because there's so much more. There's the, this kind of stuff. This is as much a part of me as it is you, all this other work that I did that has nothing to do with AA, that has nothing to do with 12-step work, which is the reason why I'm who I am today. And I want to talk about that as well, because... I just I need a forum, you know what I mean? I, and people are leaving in droves from AA. So, yeah. but thank you so much. Um, All right, sure. take care. All right, love you, aloha. Aloha, bye. All right, bye bye. So that was Tom calling in from Hawaii. We have six minutes left on Blog Talk Radio, safe recovery, talking about rage and uh, sober feelings. Please call in if you want. We've got six minutes left, 818-475-9211. That's 818-475-9211. So I guess to sort of wrap up what I've been talking about, here's some positive expressions of anger. Speaking out, writing letters, that maybe we send or you don't send, maybe burn them up, pound on the bed. In his book it says pound on the bed with a tennis racket. No, forget the tennis racket. Trust me, you get a T-ball bat that has a flat side to it, it's killer. You hit the bed like 25 times and we're done, you're all better. That's for me. Swimming, swimming is really great for me now. Um, Let's see, break old dishes. This is really good. I did that in acting class. (laughs) Scream, just screaming here. 
Um, create an anger ritual, burn burn something on the beach, take a course in martial arts, visualize punching bags, and, like, you know, so punch the abuser. Uh, you know, and the other thing that I think was so important to both Tom and I, instrumental, was finding a therapist, finding a therapist where we both did the work. He started with that group, Corkill, and then found somebody that was um, AMAC. I wrote it down. Uh, maybe you could email that to me, and I'll put it up on my blog. Smart Recovery is an alternative to Alcoholics Anonymous. They deal with cognitive behavioral therapy. Um, they do not deal with powerless-based type of thinking. Rational Recovery, uh, I want to go back to Smart Recovery. There are face-to-face meetings all over the country. I hear there are up to about 600 of them. I know there's three or four in the Los Angeles area. Rational Recovery has some good books. It has uh, online meetings. Life Ring has some meetings. It has online meetings. Uh, SOS, Secular for Sobriety. Stephen Slate has a website. He went through a recovery program or he has a that is non-powerless, non-12-step based. Amy Lee Coy wrote a book uh, from Death Do I Part uh, about how she got sober finally, sober and clean, without 12-step and without rehab after 20 years in and out. We hope to have Amy Lee Coy on one night. We're going to have Tom Catton on, a friend of mine from way, way back who wrote a book called The Mindful Addict. So... Three minutes remaining. There's no callers in queue. So I want to say this. I want to say that if anyone out there needs support for any of this and is not finding it in the rooms of Alcoholics Anonymous uh, or any other any 12-step program, if somebody tells you that um, it was your fault because some adult abused you in any way, just know that it's not true. And that is stuff that belongs with uh, a therapist or other people, you know, who understand that. And that our feelings are to be meant to be felt, um, of course, not to abuse other people. So I myself needed to read some books on um, what verbal abuse and emotional abuse is, and learn how to tell people, you know, you can't talk to me that way, and that's not okay with me. And I guess that would be another whole, we could talk for that about an hour, because that is all that what I learned in marriage counseling, and uh, how to change how I speak, and trust me, I didn't learn that in AA either. And I, you know, when I hear these women who say, oh, and I learned everything that I learned from me, I'm like, not me. I didn't learn that here. I learned that in marriage counseling. I learned that from this book and that book. So the book tonight was The Courage to Heal, a Guide for Women Survivors of Child Child Sexual Abuse by Ellen Bass and Laura Davis. And it was an amazing book that I read from cover to cover very quickly that helped me. I want to talk about making AA safer. We have one minute remaining. This is about empowerment, not powerless. So Safe Recovery is the name of my show now. What happened there? And I want to thank everybody for coming tonight. Remember, stop by uh, Stop 13 Step in AA, or you can leave me a message here on my blog. There will be another show next week. I might have an an added show. I want to just give a thanks out to Stinkin' Thinkin' uh, out there for all the support. And again, Tom, thank you so much for calling in. And uh, good night. We are going to say that I appreciate everyone's support. And we're going to go out with some music from Monica. Walking on the highway with my baby Walking on the highway Driving down the highway with my baby 
ending. 